Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I hope everybody's staying well. Because uh, the fact that we ran out of Corona, we've asked our studio audience not to come in. So we're doing our part. <laughs> I am your host, Eric Van Johnson, and you're listening to episode 182 of PHP Ugly. With me tonight, battling, battling the evils of viruses, Tom Rideau. Hello. Hey, Thomas. We have a, a John Free episode tonight, unfortunately. We have a John Free episode. Oh, somebody just... Yeah. Yes, you're right, Gishu. I forgot to update the title in the in the restream. God damn. Good call, man. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we have listeners that are more attentive than we are. <laughs> well, you know, like right before the show, there's like a lot of setup I have to do. I, I've got to get the Trello board ready. I've got to figure out what streaming software I'm using because OBS has been flaking out on me so much lately. I uh, I, I, I do that. I um, what else do I do? There's something else I do right before we start streaming, but. There's like a lot of stuff you gotta Zencaster. do. Zencaster. Zencaster. And then one of the other things I typically need to do is change the title on Restream. And I totally forgot, but Gishu is there. John isn't here. He's been coughing a lot lately, so we asked him not to show up. Or Yeah, he said he, he accidentally double booked a date with his wife uh, over the podcast. And I don't quite believe that it was accidental, but uh, but whatever. We we give him leeway. He's the boss. Yeah. <laughs> But no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, right, right. <laughs> but yes, yes, he's he's always been kind of a part-time host, you know. Here when it's convenient to him. So well nowadays everybody's working from home. Everybody. It is quite the shift, yes. And it is it's just amazing how how quickly these companies who have for years struggled with the concept of remote work have completely embraced it. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think when Tom Hanks got uh, the coronavirus, everyone started to go, "Oh, this is serious." Uh, and I'm not sure why Tom Hanks would be the the person to make people start taking things seriously, but he's a treasure. We can't lose him. So <laughs> that's true. I actually have a little bit of a cough. <coughs> that is, it, is not for. Is it a dry cough? No, no. It's actually a, a very very uh, wet cough. So that's good. That's good but, news. Uh... <laughs> Well, we got we got news here today that uh, the kids' school is going to be closing down for a couple of weeks. They're going to be switching over to an online learning platform for a little while. Um, every sporting event is canceled. Every conference is getting canceled. Yeah, I, I'm really really concerned about techs, which is coming up here real soon. We talked about talked about that a little bit last week. PHP Tech, which is going to be in uh, and um, Nashville. Now, uh, I, when you guys did Wave PHP, did you have some kind of catastrophic insurance coverage for a thing like this? Not, no, not only that, but I mean, these hotels, uh, these venues that you have to reserve, they they don't do refunds. Like, right? It's yeah, no, we we didn't, and we we had no plans of of action or, or anything. I mean, we were pretty naive. Well, it was our first conference, so we we're pretty naive about a lot of things. I'm sure. Had we made it more of a regular thing, which I wish we were able to do, but you know, we would have learned lessons, more lessons. But, but no, um, I was thinking about that though. I mean, even somebody had even talked about uh, the possibility of Laricon um, possibly canceling, and that's not until July, June, July. Laricon, I forget. It's out there, ways. But uh, and and Taylor was basically saying, yeah, you know, we'd, we'd have to do refunds at that point, but. I mean, that's just like, wow. I mean, that's yeah. such a huge commitment because those venues, they don't, they don't do refunds. So I, that would be a, that's gotta be a pretty big loss. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I, I don't know if under these circumstances, people are a little bit more understanding, but who knows? Yeah. Well, and there's talk about government, uh, government based bailouts for people who are severely financially impacted, but so far it just seems that they mean rich people. Who are losing money, not uh, actually. Right. Yeah. And you mentioned your kid. Your kids' uh, schools are, are are doing remote. Both my kids who go to different colleges now. Um, one's at San Diego State, and uh, another one's at a, 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 still at a community college. They they're both going 
completely online as well. So yeah, now the, I mean, the thing is, is, it's amazing the shutdown. The schools aren't ready to go online. They have an IT staff that's going to have a really really long weekend because this a is all couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is all this is all going to happen pretty spontaneously. Um, you know, I would say on Monday people were were casually concerned about things but as this week progressed and italy literally shut down every store except for supermarkets and pharmacies people are starting to panic a little bit more and rightfully so i mean if if this thing really started to spread fast you look at if it hit a school you know that's instantly five thousand people infected it's that's bad 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 yeah so yeah it's it's nuts yeah and then there's the toilet paper and paper towel situation which is a little bizarre. <laughs> uh, I, I hear everyone is having difficulty getting toilet paper, which, of all the things, that's got to be one of the most annoying things to not be able to get a hold of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, it's funny. I mean, I know at the, at the college level, it's interesting because my both my daughters, uh, at one point, pretty much did an entire semester online. And it really started to kind of bubble up the question of why are you physically going into a campus? Because clearly they're just as efficient online. And the kids these days, or at least you know, my daughter's generation, are are so accustomed to it where it's not difficult for them to do that. Like Yeah. You know, that first generation of online courses what was tough for people to to have the discipline to do their work. But I think between, you know, just society being that being more the norm and just iterations of online courses, everything's gotten like streamlined where it, it kind of works for both people. Well, so, and I, I think this, this is going to be a gap in the generations too. This is going to be a defining moment for online education where if it mm-hmm. succeeds, we're going to see things being run very differently here on out. Yeah. You know, so it's, I don't know. I mean, as as people who have been working like this for five plus years, ten ten plus years, you know, it's 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 just another day for us, right? <laughs> I mean, things don't. You know, everybody's freaking no, out. No, my kids it. are yeah, home. Do you know how you awful that. that is? <laughs> you have that. I, that that's true. So. Um. All right, let's stop. Let's stop, stop talking about uh, viruses, man. Let's well, talk hold about on. So, stuff. still, still on the on the same on the same note. My wife, uh, uh, you guys know, she had surgery last right. week. How's and she feeling? She's doing great. Uh, and she was supposed to go back to school on Monday. That's not going to happen now. But fortunately, she mm-hmm. will get paid. Um, but boy, am I tired because yeah. I took up all the all the different tasks that were required of her on a daily basis for a while. And my phone was very congratulatory. It said I had achieved my workout uh, pace and everything <laughs> had, uh, it is, is asking me if I had talked to my doctor and if I had been, you know, making these life changes for some reason. And, but I uh, woke up this morning and my, my right knee is completely broke, completely dead. It just moving it at all hurts. Don't know why. <laughs> Went to sleep. Totally fine. Woke up in intense pain. <laughs> Yeah, more of an appreciation of everything your wife does around the house. Yeah, and you know, probably should have tried this whole fitness thing a couple years ago before I got old and oh, had dude, teenagers. You, you talk about fitness. I, I even posted on Twitter. I uh, I started going back to the gym, and uh, my gym has uh, a full court basketball uh, court inside of it. And so I, I'd gone back a couple times, and kind of found myself wandering onto the basketball court but i had given up like those sort of sport activities uh years ago because i had problems with my knees and my ankles where i had a torn achilles and all sorts of stuff it was like a rough t- patch for about five years so i had kind of come to the the, the realization I was like i'm i'm never playing these sort of competitive sports ever again and, uh, you know, first I just kind of wandered on the court and was watching the guys play. And the next time I go to the gym, I'm like, oh, I pick up a ball and started shooting around. I'm like, yeah, I still got my range. And uh, I don't know what happened. I ended up going out and buying a pair of uh, of basketball <laughs> shoes. Because they didn't even ask me. They were like, hey, you want to run? I'm like, you know, I, I was... I was just in like track shoes. I didn't have any socks and I'm like, "No, nah, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not going to I'm not going to run today." But uh but I went and got some 
got some you know proper basketball shoes and showed up the next day and that man, I, <laughs> so John and I John and I had started playing racquetball and then yeah. we, we stopped. I mean we 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 were pretty consistent for like every week we we play for a couple months and then we'd stop and we'd pick it back up. We haven't played in a while. So I think I started getting my cardio back up. But boy, I, we played we played this basketball game and I think I went up and down the court like twice and I was gassed. <laughs> I was out of I'm like this wait, what what happened here? It's like I, I had nothing. I had my tank was empty the rest of the game. So oh my god. And then and you're talking so you're talking about hurting. I was like fortunately like my knees and ankles didn't hurt, but like everything else was sore for like yeah, a week. Yeah. From one game, from well, one that, game of basketball. That first time that you jump after it's been twenty years and you realize the mistake <laughs> that you've made. You, oh, you, you try to actually jump, try to actually get some height up there, and you realize that your your knees have become brittle like like plastic in the sun and this shirt's <laughs> this shirt's not long as it used to be it needs to be a little bit longer it's it sort of flew up a bit when i jumped and yeah that's that, that whole experience land, is awful when you land you notice there's like a little wave running through your body like, what, is, <laughs> you what is that a, wave coming a ripple that just goes top to bottom it's terrible <laughs> what just hit me in my chin what was that <laughs> <laughs> that was my breast that's that is not good Oh, I just boob slapped myself. Oh man, yeah it 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 has uh, it has been too long, too long. But yeah, I've taken yeah. to doing uh, push-ups at night now, which I explained to my wife. You know, yeah, I'm doing some push-ups while I'm watching crappy TV shows and stuff. And she said, "How many are you up to?" And I said, "Well, I'm not the 20." And then I had realized I had to clarify: I'm not actually doing push-ups. I'm just leaning against the wall and pushing off of it 20 times. <laughs> It's, I'm working up to being able to write myself like a turtle. I need to, uh, yeah, I need, I need to get back. I need to get back. So, I, so I, after that basketball game, I actually, I actually have been back to the gym. Not because I'm ashamed <laughs> or anything. I, I was actually really proud because I just hurt. was able to go the whole game. I, I, I scored. I, 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 you know, I represented myself pretty well. I think I scored about eight points, and uh, you know, I did all right. And you know, and it's a pickup game, right? I, I mean, first thing, you're in a gym. These these guys are running every day on the basketball court. They, they have their little click. Half of them are like, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds. I think, you know, fuckers. I, I remember I used to be your yeah. age. I was that good at one time. You don't need a gym. But, you need fresh air and sunshine. Get out of here. It's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I enjoy it. I do love, I do love, uh, just, I love that exhausted feeling. That that was the thing about playing racquetball with, with John. Like when you felt like you left it all on the floor, and like you know, you walk out and you're like, if somebody wanted to beat me up and rob me right now, it would be the opportune time because I have zero, <laughs> <laughs> zero. They pull out a knife and I just fall over. <laughs> pretty pretty much. But I love that feeling. I love it. I need to need to get more of it. It's nice, but, but it's I need a coding. better bed for that. When are we going to start talking about coding? Are we coding? Coding. Doing coding. We talked about tech conferences shutting down. That's not fun. man. I've been I've been off for a week, and it was supposed to be this like super ambitious week where I got a lot of stuff done. I've gotten just uh, just see? nothing. You're a disappointment to us all. I, I wrote an outline yeah. for one article and started started working on education for for future stuff and it's just it's been so slow and lazy and it's been so nice here the the weather's been perfect it's just been easy to like go outside and fall asleep on a, a chair outside <laughs> like um well i got some stuff i mean i got some articles i, I highlighted here i don't know if you want to talk about any of them i noticed but, this uh, you have but, actual uh, things well you remember some time back I got really big on the GraphQL bandwagon, and I was like, "This is it. This is the future. I, I, I this is all I want to do moving forward." And then I got sucked back into reality and the projects we were working on, and you know, nobody's really using it. And so I, I have, I've long, I've not been doing the GraphQL stuff lately. And then all of a sudden, these uh, things started popping up in my feeds. So I'm like, "Man, I have got to revisit uh, GraphQL," but. The one thing I, I get, it, I, I saw is this company, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, Heishura, H-A-S-U, Heishura, 
Hasura. Lands a $9.9 million to simplify GraphQL development. It's it's like, what does that even mean? Like, somebody's giving them money just to simplify, you know, GraphQL? It's... I don't I don't even understand how that works. Like what is the purpose of that? This is startup startup culture, man. They're they're a San Francisco small not even company. They're a they're a total startup from, from San Francisco and they got a series A investment. To to make GraphQL but th- that's the thing, is like th- there's no business. It's, it's all <laughs> it's all just to make GraphQL easier. Yeah. But no, what's, what's I, I thought <laughs> What are, what are you not? You have to you have to read between course. the lines. They, this is a company that wants to get bought by Red Hat. Uh, I can like, see that. Yeah, gar- yeah. Guarantee or, or by, by somebody. They're going to make an open source well, tool, and then they're going to have a team that knows that open source tool really well. They're going to get bought by Red Hat, and Red Hat's going to make a closed source, higher tier version of the same tool. Yeah. Uh, and then and then right after I, right after I saw that article, I saw another article about uh, Mongo. So. So the other big thing I've been on was uh, NoSQL databases, right? Uh, document stores, basically. Um, yeah. We, we've talked about, about it in the past. Uh, CouchDB is a big one. But MongoDB it was one that was always... It, it, MongoDB is kind of like the, uh, uh, I don't know, the MySQL of NoSQL, right? I mean, it, it's like the, the one that a lot of people kind of gravitate towards uh, it seems to be like kind of a leader of the pack sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and now they announced, so this is a document store and there was something, there was something, oh yeah, they were the first document store, or I, as far as I know, still the only document store that was like acid compliant, which is typically reserved for your traditional relational databases. Right. Uh, it has a, it has a special acid compliant mode. So like right. by default, when you install it, it's not, but you turn the mode on and it'll start telling you to shut up when you try to do something. Right. Exactly. Well now, so, so one of the challenges has always been for traditional uh, developers who are used to a relational database, understanding how they interact with a, uh, a NoSQL database. And typically, their drivers and their ways. You know, every NoSQL database kind of does it a little differently, but they they try to keep it very close to uh, your your relational database, like querying sort of thing, but but not exactly the same. Well, now it says uh, MongoDB announces GraphQL integration. So I guess MongoDB has this service out there called Stitch and. They're 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 just doing GraphQL integration into MongoDB. It's like holy crap! So, yeah. so the closest thing I, I've had to this before was CouchDB. So if if you know CouchDB, it's you. There's no drivers for it. Like you interact with CouchDB through REST calls, RESTful calls. Right. So it's over HTTP, and you do REST calls, and you get JSON back, and so it's pretty close to like having endpoints, having just API endpoints to interact with it. But now MongoDB in GraphQL, a document store in GraphQL seems like such a perfect match. And I'm really excited to see what they do. Uh, but I need to, I need to get back into GraphQL because I've uh, you know I've fallen out of practice with it a little bit so it's like already trying to figure out how to formulate the queries i'm like all right shit how would i do this like and need to uh i need to get back into it yeah there's a whole sdk for stitch i i don't understand any of this it looks like it's javascript yeah Um, yeah the 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 the, the interfaces that they have seem very limited Uh, i forget i know it was javascript and there were a couple other ones but they weren't uh they weren't a whole bunch but again, now, JavaScript would be all you would need. I've used the I've used the GraphQL interface that they they mention here. So it, it has like a a nice GUI style query builder and browser, and that's going to be mm-hmm. really helpful. Um, one of the things that that GraphQL requires is that you don't you don't just write your queries uh, like you're querying an endpoint or querying a database. You have to mm-hmm. write your queries as if they were methods of the database. So 
everything is pre-written Vance and you reference those queries by name in your code some other time, some other place. Um, this allows you to do things that are really nice, like publish APIs automatically based off of the queries that exist um, and even API documentation. But it means that you have to think forward in your database development. You can't just code on the fly a query to get something. Mm-hmm. You have to know what it is well, you're asking well, well, for. But actually, actually, you can. Actually, you can. I mean, that's the whole thing about GraphQL, right? You can kind of, if you know how to ask the question, as long as the data is exposed, if you know how to ask the question, you can just ask for, for ask for data now. You don't have to yeah. have specific endpoints developed for you anymore. Well, the, the way I've always seen it and used it is that you have to develop these named queries first. No, well, so when I did it for when I did it for Laravel, um, and there was there was actually a GraphQL package you installed. You basically attached it to models and said, "Okay, right. in this model, they have access to these columns, basically." And and that was I don't remember having to define any sort of maybe you did I don't remember having to define any sort of query. I just was that Lighthouse? Defining, yeah. Yeah, yeah so with, with Lighthouse, you have a server-side query set and you have a client-side query set. So there's hmm. you do have to set some server-side permissions, kind of, and you know expected return responses. Hmm. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's been a while. I need to do it again. I'm working on, a, I'm working on an admin application just for the company that I think I'm going to throw it into. Huh. Hey, Roger, hola, and Bill. Man, we got all sorts of people. Uh, we're up to six, man. We're 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 rocking it. That's not good. Six people know, watching us live. See, that's what happens when John doesn't show up. Man, word gets out. People show up. They want to hear what we have to say. They know it's only a matter of time for you and I self-destruct. So. Um, the so another no, thing. Uh, no, no big open source stuff you're working on, huh? No, but I'm looking at Cake PHP right now. Ooh, you know me and Cake. We cake. have a history. I do, and Cake split up its its uh, framework into standalone components. Interesting. So, is it like a symphony scenario? Yeah. So now they have ORM, database, data source, HTTP, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and all of these components really? are standalone. And the interesting thing to me is that this is what I want Laravel. To, this is the source of all of my complaints about Laravel's version. Whoa. Okay, all right. Let's let I I know you have issues with Laravel's versioning. Let's dig I, into that. Absolutely. <laughs> my my issue my issue with Laravel's versioning is just that when a breaking change occurs on some small thing deep down in the cookie handler, then that goes in the next major version release. Yeah. And and that the the components within Laravel don't seem to be getting tested as much as the entire library as a whole is getting tested. Um so what? Uh, all right. So let's see, I want to try to stay focused on on everything we're talking about here. So, so I, I believe my understanding of one of the motivations behind Symphony doing this was to allow the developers the freedom to pick and choose basically the components they wanted to implement and how they wanted to implement it. So if you wanted right. an, an eloquent package to interact with your database, you can do eloquent. If you wanted a doctrine, you could do doctrine. You know, you, you, you as the developer made those decisions. Right. I guess the first question is, do you think that's the motivation with Kate? No, I'm not putting you on the spot because I know you don't follow that community that, that closely. I was just wondering if it was something you knew. I don't know what the motivation is with Cake. Um, okay. But I, I would imagine that maintaining something that's broken up into pieces is easier. And Perhaps, perhaps. So my next question was going to be, why would you want that in Laravel? Because, I mean, wouldn't you think, unless you're taking a symphony approach, which I see the benefits of, but then again, I see some drawbacks to it as well. The thing with Laravel is that for better or for worse, whether you like it or not, there's still the quote-unquote Laravel way of doing things. Yeah. And there's the Laravel way because it's a very opinionated framework. You don't have a choice. I mean, you have a choice. You, you can. There are packages out there for everything. So if you don't want to, like, if again, if you don't want to use Eloquent, you don't have to use Eloquent. But you're breaking away from the standard of that framework. And that's very evident. So if you're not doing that, and you're just breaking out the packages just to include them all in your ne- your next composer install. I don't know. I don't. I, I so, guess I guess 
the argument of easier to maintain, perhaps, but then you could say, well, it's not easy to maintain because now you have 15 packages that always have to work together. So the the big thing for me here is third-party libraries, where if I look at the Laravel form builder library that I use, their required dev or their require <coughs> is just illuminate database and illuminate validation. They don't require the whole framework because they don't deal with the whole framework. They don't deal with middleware. They don't deal with auth. They don't deal with any of that stuff. It's just a form builder. So they only want to care about certain basic functionalities that are built into Laravel that are in that are already in their own packages. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look up illuminate, it's a read-only Git, GitHub repo that has all of the different components of Laravel in it. But that's not helpful if they're all getting versioned up every single time the framework gets a version. You know, if if the validation package isn't getting updated, but Laravel is going to 7.01, then the validation package gets updated to 7.01 as well, even if the uh, MD5 hash on the, the tag is the same. That's unnecessary work for third-party developers. And Taylor, I would say. I would, I would think that going through every one of these packages and updating it to 7.01 every time you have to do a minor release is a pain in the ass, especially if nothing changed. You know, I think you buried uh, you buried the uh, some of your story here, man. How so? so I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking at your cake PHP uh, article. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm actually redirecting this back to cake PHP. That's fine. Because uh, I find it super interesting. Uh, hold on. The office manager needs out of the office. Wow. Oh. They are needy. Okay. All right. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna redirect this back to cake. First thing, when you were talking about this com- breaking out in components, I hadn't realized this is actually a whole new release of cake. Like cake yes, PHP strawberry. Is up to cake PHP four. So what's really interesting about this is that it says this release begins a new chapter in cake PHP as 4.0 is now API stable. With this release. Cake PHP 3 moves into maintenance mode, while Cake 2 moves into security mode. Okay, but I thought I just saw somewhere. See, now I'm not seeing it. I thought I just saw somewhere where Cake uh, 4 was, you couldn't migrate from 3 to 4. Maybe I didn't see that. Never mind. Maybe I'm completely wrong. You know, there's upgrades to 4 here. So why 4 contains a number of breaking changes. We have prepared an exhaustive migration guide. So yeah, you can still migrate 3 to 4. Hmm. Uh, and they have an upgrade tool too. They have a little version yeah, of uh, they, Shift that they they have. They well, yeah, they've always had that. That's one of the things that they've always offered was a little command line tool to, to upgrade you. I'm um, telling you, man, cake is tempting. That's not I, a fat joke. I was a big fan of it. I was a big fan of it. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this component. This component approach, though, I. I I have to take another another look at cake. I I keep there was a there was a time where we were really struggling with Laravel and uh, especially the early you know uh, four days you know in the four to five uh, yeah you know there was we we were we were pretty uh, critical of some of the decisions Laravel was making. We we still are. I mean we're we're probably some of the more critical outspoken people out there. But um, from a business perspective, you know, we we were we found ourselves constantly kind of going back, saying, "Okay, if we're moving forward, do we want to stick with Laravel as our quote unquote specialty, or do we look at something like Cake?" Because I was, you know, again, always a big Cake fan, and then, or do we go to something more enterprisey and Symphony And I don't know. I'm still on that bubble. Like, if if I had to leave. Laravel tomorrow. Like if if Taylor said, I never want you to touch Laravel code ever again. You <laughs> you disgust me. But she hasn't completely said yet. Yeah, that that you whole know, sentence in, hasn't in been many one words. Piece. Yeah, no, it it hasn't been one complete sentence yet. But uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'd go back to Cake or try to push myself to Symphony. So I'd we're have having to go that to conversation. Symphony. See, my my problem with Symphony, and again, the thing I like with Laravel. Is I worry Symphony is just another way of getting you into the same spaghetti code scenario you have without a framework, where you have a developer who says, "Okay, I want to I want to do it this way with these packages," and then two years later you have another developer who's like, "No, no, no, we're going to do it this way with these packages," and you end up with this cluster, you know, 
mess of a code base with all these conflicting kind of theories and approaches and coding patterns. I, because I think that's hard to avoid no matter what. I mean, if you look at my but, if you look at my Laravel four code, which is still in production running on Laravel seven, I'm doing things several different old ways that I used to do it, and then new ways that I do it now, and then I'm starting different newer ways that I'm seeing. It's like that's hard but, to but avoid. There's always but there's always the Laravel way, right? I mean, if you know, I have I have a developer who is working in a Laravel code uh, four code base, and he understands that he's doing things the Laravel four way of doing things. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so it, it's I, I get what you're saying, but but there's it's still the way of that release or that of that time. And if you know that way, then then that that makes it easier. To go back into this code to go, oh yeah, that's right. I, you know, I didn't have you know route mining route model binding available to me here. I have to do it this other way. You know, at least right. you know that you know those patterns. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm always on the fence. I mean, <clears throat> I don't want to like. There's so many super talented developers out there that you shouldn't try to put into a box. But there are <laughs> yeah. developers like me. That I would just go, I'd go off the rails. Like I would, I would be trying every new pattern, every new design pattern, every new you know fancy package, and oh, this is a cool way to interact with the database. And I would be that developer. I would be horrible at it. And that's one of the things I like about Laravel. It's like, okay, I'm going to use Eloquent because that's what's there. This is how I interact with the database, and I'm not even going to think twice about it anymore because I don't need to. It's it's there. It's well thought out. It's efficient. Now, the language know. is also changing, though. I, I have code that I wish I could have used the the uh, double question mark operator on, and now I use it all the time, everywhere. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, the, the, those are improvements to PHP itself, which, again, you know, you, you wouldn't have available in every version of PHP. Now, there is a new old proposal for PHP 8. What is this one? Attributes. So this is... Annotations, uh, decorators, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. This is a new proposal for something that had been tried a while back, which is to add attributes as an officially supported thing in HP. And it looks like it's gaining traction this time. It uses the uh, double less than, double greater than format. And uh, honestly, don't understand a lot of what this page is saying. It's very, very technical. I hmm. I will need to read it several times, but it would be another large shift in code style for uh, PHP. Hmm. Oh, is it something we need? It's none of it's stuff we need. Which is, which is at that point now, right? We, we just like put right. things in because... Now we're just trying to, <laughs> trying to add all the stuff that other languages have that we don't. <laughs> generators and attributes and all that stuff. Yeah. We like generators. Iterators. Yeah, there's a big new iterator change coming in eight. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So you're not are you not doing any coding or I wish. No, I, I bought uh the Division Two video game and uh it's been mostly that. <laughs> yeah. It eats up your time, doesn't it? It really does, man. It's <laughs> My buddy and I were supposed to play together, and he's been working this week, so now I'm at the end game, and he's mm-hmm. on, like, the third level. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, it, it really eats up your time. It's not good. <laughs> oh, man. So, man. Uh, I've been doing some coding. I'm actually, I, I actually turned some pretty major corners this week on a couple projects I'm, I'm working on, so... Looking forward to actually being done with some coding finally. What have you been working one on? One of the ones, well, the, the, the one was the one I was really bitching about last week where I'm working with that super secure agency and it was a lot of back and forth. <laughs> it was with just, the, it the was, broken firewall. Oh, man. It was, it, I, I, the whole reason I even went down this path is because they were like, hey, we have this new parsing service. So if you want, you can parse for these fields and it'll be consistent across all the states. Be- again, the, the, it's a lot to get into, but this this company interacts with a bunch of states to, to exchange information. But each state formats their information differently. And so there was always this inconsistency with with 
the piece that we did. So whenever a client was interacting with a state, we had to know that state's format. We had to write to it. So anyways, this whole company, the whole thing that started the, the code refactors, they're like, we have this parsing service. Well, it turns out they don't have a test environment. And so, <laughs> so I refactor all this code. They're like, okay, when do you want to go live? I'm like, go live? I want to make sure this works. It's like, do you guys have some test servers? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we have test servers. Uh, yeah, just uh, send it to this this location. Yeah, send it to Dev Null. Like, I'm sending it to, I'm, you know, we're trying to, like, I'm like I'm not uh, I'm not seeing the responses. They're like, oh no, you're getting responses. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm getting the responses, and it's going through your parsing service, but like none of the fields are populated. Oh yeah, no, because you know we don't populate them in, in test. <sighs> How am I supposed to test my code refactor if I'm not getting data in the fields that I need to be testing for? So that that was fun. So I made them, I think I actually forced them to actually create records in the test environment that had the fields. And it was it was interesting. So anyways, I, that's the big hump I got over this, this week is I, I got test data back. I was able to confirm that all my code was right. And, it, you know, it was such a relief of like, oh, my goodness, after all this time. So now it's just a matter of deploying it to production. But that was a, that was a big one. Apparently, uh... I also... You know, you know what else we did this week? What? That, uh, I don't know if it would interest you or not. So you know, we do the the PHP podcast for PHP Architect, right? Yeah, that's a that's a fun one, right? We enjoy doing that. And all, all we're doing, if you don't listen to that one, you guys you guys might want to subscribe to that one as well. I mean, it's it's basically myself, John, and Oscar from uh, who's the editor editor in chief of PHP Architect. We uh, we just kind of. Sit there and, and review. Oh, I think Oscar's in chat. <laughs> hey, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your, your your next recording is scheduled, Oscar. You should have gotten an invite. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the anyways. invite's in the mail. <laughs> uh, so we we you know Oscar is the editor in chief of PHP Architect. Which, if you don't know what a PHP Architect is, it's like the PHP magazine. It's been around. Ever since I've been involved with PHP, uh, it's changed hands a few times. Uh, Oscar is uh, one of the owners now. He's he's owned it for so he owned it. It's funny they ended up buying it. He he was part of a whole group. Uh, uh, <laughs> now that he's listening, I'm, I'm like spazzing because I can't remember their name. Like Three Musketeers or something. But uh, <laughs> they ended up buying PHP Architect Magazine the same time. And this is weird that I know this. I met John. So John had moved out to San Diego, had started up the user group. We had kind of gotten to know each other. Musketeers. Musketeers, I mean, okay. The Oscars, Oscars got my back. Uh, John and I had gotten, you know, just gotten to know each other. Um, I don't even think I was helping him with the user group at, at the time. And he he'd mentioned that PHP Architect was holding this, they were doing like this traveling um I don't even know what you call it, like class. It wasn't even a conference. It was like a one-day class where like three or four speakers would come in and talk about, you know, they would just do like presentations. I mean, it was cool. And John's like, hey, you know, uh, PHP Architect is doing this up in LA. Is anybody interested in joining me? I'm like, yeah, I'll go up there with you. And him and I ended up driving up to LA, which is where we found out that this this purchase had happened and PHP Arc was actually changing hands. That's why all this, you know, this, this reminds me of, of all this. But it was, it was that, it was, you know, that time, like, John and I started to form more of a friendship, and, you know, we, we spent some quality time on the drive up to L.A. and back. It was special. It was special. The first, Anyways, the first real romantic night together. I'm so off topic. Anyways, uh, this week, we talked to uh, Mar- Mark Ben, I think his name was. And uh, he's big. Uh, he's like the community organizer for Adobe for Magenta. Do you, have you ever worked Magento? With Magento? Yeah. Yes. Not a fan. That was well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you probably haven't worked with the newer versions of it. I absolutely works. have not. Right, this Oscar. was this was Thanks. fifteen years ago. <laughs> so the funny thing about it, so first thing we, we had. You know, he was uh, he was the in studio guest. So we so if you listen to the PHP podcast, it's Oscar, myself, and John. We talk about the magazine as a whole, like what's in that month's magazine. But then 
we usually have an in-studio guest. Typically, it's somebody who's contributed to the magazine. Sometimes, it, sometimes it's not. It's just somebody related to something going on. But um, but Ben Ben was our you know in-studio guest. And first thing, it's so funny talking to somebody like Ben. So he he's you know like a community organizer of you know Adobe or developer advocate or I forget his exact title, but he's somebody who talks at conferences a lot. Yeah, and it's so nice to interview people like that because they like have their spiel, you know. It's like you ask them a question, you sit back and they like talk for fifteen twenty minutes. Then you ask the second question, they talk for fifteen twenty minutes. It's so nice. But uh, I, I was telling Ben, I was like, you know, there was when when I first really got into PHP development and where I was actually doing development, I I, I moved on from being the. Uh, operations manager and said, all right, I'm, I'm done with systems. I'm going to work on coding. Like everybody I knew in the PHP world, everybody was working on a, a Magento, a Magento project of some form or fashion. Like it seemed like everybody in PHP had a Magento project working on. Yeah. I, I remember those times darkly. <laughs> now, did you do it? Did you do it for a company, or were you trying to work on something? Uh, I did it for a company. I did a, a little bit of contract work for. This was when I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was contract for a friend who just needed like the smallest little feature added to his Magento site, and uh, I think I ended up not charging him just because it was such a nightmare, <laughs> and I was not comfortable with the code I'd produced. Well, you, now you remember our good friend William, right? Yes. William from STPHP, great guy. To hear that guy talk about <laughs> talk about that code base, he 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 was probably the smartest person I I knew in the world of development, and uh, he would just rip apart the the Magento uh, code base. He hated yeah. he hated yeah. working in that. Well, he was, I mean, he was one of those guys who was too smart. He hated so many things because so many things were done incorrectly. And yeah, no, I, so anyways, Magento is scary. Listen to, uh, is, oh, oh, so the whole thing that got me started down this path is if you don't subscribe to PHP Architect, this month's issue is free. So I think you can just go to PHP Architect and download it. I'm, I, Oscar, you're here. Do they even need to create an account, or can they just download the uh, the magazine? You you let us know that, Oscar, and we'll be sure to to share that. But but yeah, Adobe Adobe is kind of sponsoring this month's magazine. So uh, uh, go to PHP Architect, download this month's magazine for free. Uh, you have to register. Oscar says you do have to create an account. So. Um, there's that. But Oscar's a good guy. He won't do too many terrible things with your information. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, boy. Magento just it's, it just gives me, like, cold goosebumps. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe I'm getting sick. Maybe I'm getting the coronavirus. <laughs> um, one other new big thing this week is uh, the announcement that Bootstrap 5 is in alpha. What's, what, what's Bootstrap? Do you even use Bootstrap anymore? I'm telling them all the way, baby. Tail went through and through. Bootstrap 5? Come on, man. Bootstrap what, 5. What does this have to do? No more jQuery. Are you are you getting sucked into the don't use jQuery thing? I, I, I was that way when I got introduced to Vue. I mean, I stopped, I stopped uh, using jQuery pretty much then. I mean, I was never great at JavaScript to begin with. But yeah, I can't. And now with Livewire, I'm even avoiding Vue. Or I can't be <laughs> completely honest with you. <laughs> I still like React more than Vue. Yeah? Yeah. It's just, it just, I don't know why React, when I was learning it, clicked with me so much faster than Vue did. Mm-hmm. See, I was just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it was about Vue. Vue was just, just perfect for me. I, I it, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it works for me. But um, it, it's funny because uh, I saw some advice from Matt Stauffer. If uh, you know, he he's he's really gotten into streaming as well. He he pretty much streams weekly now. He usually does live coding, but um, and I and I have to say I I completely agree with his advice as well. People were were asking him, and I think I even mentioned that now that I've been introduced to LiveWire, I've I've really found myself questioning when I am going to use Vue again. Like I just don't know. It's not going to be a standard. 
deployment with my Laravel projects anymore. Uh, maybe it won't be, but I'm, I'm still probably won't. I'm probably not going to use it. But you're not on um, a monolith. This is true. But but the 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 advice that uh, Matt was giving and advice that I would probably echo is that if you're looking for work, you want to know view. Oh yeah, because that's what's hiring. Like all these JavaScript frame, frameworks, React, Angular. Yeah, I mean, still, even still, Angular, Vue. If you're looking to get a job, learn these JavaScript frameworks because there's just so many openings out there for this stuff right now. I can, yeah. I can pretty much guarantee you it's going to be a while before you find somebody who says, you know, you have to understand Livewire to, <laughs> to uh, apply for this position. So what about React do you like? I don't know, man. I It's... I haven't used it since I did my GraphQL thing, but yeah. it was but it was just it was just cleaner. It just felt cleaner. Don't know I don't I could not tell you why. Yeah. Yeah, I got I've got to I've got to really buckle down and really polish up my JavaScript experience. Maybe I need to introduce myself to React as well. I, I actually skipped over React. I was I was doing the jQuery stuff. I was trying to teach myself Angular when I got introduced to Vue. And then it was like, boom, bam. I was like, whoa, stop right there. I got it. I understand. I can see this stuff. Now, as I stated last week, I, I suffer from the problem of if I'm not coding in it every week, I feel like a beginner again. Like if I come back to doing Vue stuff in a month and I haven't been coding in Vue for a month, I'm back in Google like, okay, how do I do this? All right, yeah. what's a component? You know, that, that sort of stuff. How do I admit view? <laughs> like, do I even need Laravel? If I, if I, can I just do a view app? Wait, I can just do a view app? Hey, whoa, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like a whole framework. So, I don't know, I need to, I need to probably teach myself React or something. Are you, are you coughing over there, man? Sneezing, fortunately. I, I have phone numbers I can, I can call. <laughs> I already work from home. There's not much they can make me do that's, that makes me any safer. I could, I mean, they could make me give away my kids, which, God, I hope they don't. <laughs> You're an awful person. Uh, I'm just a tired person. I <laughs> didn't hear you. <laughs> um, I, that's, I don't think I have a whole lot. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are helping all the coronavirus contained people. Discord bumped its uh its uh viewer limit to 50 people from 10 people. Uh internet bandwidth has apparently gone through the roof this last week. Oh, can, uh, can, I, can, I can just imagine. Yeah. Yeah, but the the big the big heroes in my book are Pornhub. <laughs> Oh, please don't stop. Don't stop talking. They they are giving free premium accounts to anyone in Italy. So if you if you have a VPN or are one of our listeners in Italy. Are you serious? Yeah, you get a free month of premium for uh for being in <laughs> lockdown. You've got the hand of this guys. They they think outside the box. All they are the, time. the yeah, they are the best in viral marketing in the world. I no okay. one beats them. It is I am constantly amazed with the stuff they come up with and <laughs> it's stunning. Oh man, that's too funny. I'm fire up the VPN tonight, I guess. I'm going to test it. I'll let you know. Let you oh know no, it works. It it works. <laughs> I, it's right. already already it's already been thoroughly tested by people in my office. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to throw out this uh, this article because I want to get it off my Trello board. But um, apparently, Twitter is is uh, in very limited scopes beta testing a uh, a new feature that they they call fleets. Um, a fleet is great name a, is a kind of in the moment thought or opinion of something that you can post to your Twitter stream doesn't post to your your timeline to for people to see it they have to look at your profile and it's only active for a certain amount of time so I don't know I forget what the time is but it's like it it, it shows up and then it disappears so if you want to rant about something or if you have kind of a controversial thought or, or opinion that you've Feel for some reason you want to get out there. This is the feature for you, but I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of like, what's the point of that? Like, is it so like racist people can still be racist with their racist friends, but still keep their like timelines clean? I mean, what's, I, 
I think that's I think this is the way all social media is going to go. There's no reason for my political conversations with somebody's crazy aunt to be stored by Facebook for three years. Like that that conversation, once it goes stale, it can die. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But you don't you don't think there's a benefit to like like we're in we're in coming up in an election year here and you don't you don't think there's a benefit to understand how, you know things that these people tweeted about five, ten years ago and holding them accountable to it? Five or ten years ago, maybe, if they were already a politician five or ten years ago, but 20 or 30 years ago, 40 or 50 years ago, I mean, that's why you write a book or a blog. I was about to say, I mean, I mean how different is that from writing a book? Like, if, if you'd written a book coming out of college, you well, had all these it's ideas my, and... My kids think that they know everything, obviously don't, and they're writing a book right now every time they go online. Mm-hmm. They're writing down their opinions, which are poorly and will be there for the rest of their lives. Mm. So you, you know, think you feel like it's the social media companies kind of – not duty. I don't want to say duty because it sounds, it sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not trying to say it's their responsibility to enforce it, but you, you think it, it, it's more the socially responsible thing to do of, hey, listen, don't make every word somebody tweets or posts a permanent record of that person's statement. Like, give people an opportunity to, you know, maybe change your opinion or something, but you know, give give people the opportunity to have what they said forgotten about. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. And it, it's it wasn't until the last like year or maybe two years that people realized they could go back in anyone's Twitter history and read everything. Hmm. Because the, the tweets that got James Gunn fired from Guardians of the Galaxy existed mm-hmm. way before he directed the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. It was just that people realized they can start digging through to find something to burn somebody. Mm-hmm. And maybe we just don't need that anymore. Maybe we maybe we don't have the garbage can where you left all of your McDonald's wrappers permanently installed on your front doorstep, you know? Uh, I, I gotta say, I, I don't completely disagree with you. I mean, you, know, you, you find... And you, I mean, even even kids losing scholarships to colleges because of things they tweeted. Yeah, you know, they were freshmen in high school. Like the shit I said as a freshman in high school, I'm ashamed <laughs> of half of it. You know, it's like I don't want people to remember. I don't. Like that I stuff. don't remember it. That's the worst part is that these are tweets and conversations that the people who had them don't remember because right. they're conversational. I don't remember the tweets that I have from ten years ago, but I sure probably should look through my Twitter history and make sure it's nothing terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, like That's I hope, it. I That's... hope the whole world gets a virus that kills 3% of us. <laughs> God, now I've said it again. As a, as a, as a shut in, you're like, yeah, yeah, I hope one day people appreciate the fact that I don't like going outside. And they all die <laughs> from some virus because they're outside. That'd be yeah. funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. But if, I mean, like if I said that 10 years ago on Twitter and I don't remember, I ever said that, should I be held to the to the fires for it today, man. That's that's an interesting social question. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of inclined to go lean both ways. I mean, as of today, both ways on it. It's like there's a part of me that I feel like the the younger people understand the things that they say have an impact. The the sooner they they become better people, ideally in, in theory. Right. But at the same time. Young minds are young minds. Angry minds are angry minds. You know, ill-informed minds are ill-informed minds. And you shouldn't be, yeah, man, I don't know. But then again, here we are, where we we literally record what we think and talk about on a goddamn podcast. And, and suffer the consequences. To to us and, and, and suffer. We know, suffer at least we know as adults what we're doing. If my kid had a podcast, I would burn the house down. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite good question. I, you know, I don't know how how I feel about that. I I, I think I think yes. I, I think for sure up to a certain age, yes, one hundred percent. Whether 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 that age is eighteen and say hey, anything anybody says before they're eighteen <laughs> no. can't be held against them. But. No, that age is like thirty. Yeah, no, I. I I get you. And, and it's not always a matter of being immature. I mean, th- that's the thing. It's like, it's not always a matter of being immature. Sometimes it's a matter of not having the right information or 
or just being mad. I mean, how many times have you said something in anger that you're just like, I was what a dick thing to say, you know? Today? <laughs> About my kids? Yeah. Oh, shit, I just did that. On, on, this, on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's... I mean, the the EU has the whole right to be forgotten thing, and we don't have any well, like we don't we don't have though. we don't have the right for a vague memory or the right the right to <laughs> uh, excuse yourself and apologize. We have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so we need something. I mean, I mean, you you have the option to delete tweets. You have the option to delete Facebook posts. Right, but there's auto-indexers out now that index everything, even if you've deleted it or not. I mean, I can look up anybody's deleted posts. So, like, does deleting your post really matter if, if that doesn't achieve anything? Well, I think it, it, it says to the world, hey, I said something, I, I take it back. <laughs> That's the other part, is if you delete too many tweets, the world starts going, wait, what did he say? How long did he... Were there a thousand tweets about this? That's not good. Yeah. You know, and we're... Know. We're approaching technology where you'll be able to meet somebody and it'll show you their latest tweets in a little viewfinder in your eye. Mm. I mean, that's another nightmare scenario that we're just not ready for that's going to eventually happen. Yeah, because you imagine like face recognition where it says, oh, hey, this person's this. this these are their last three tweets. And, <laughs> right. You know, trying to get... You get, little, you get an automated siren in your AirPods that says, warning, warning, this person appears to be racist. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. I I think we need to wrap it up. What do you think? I think we've talked long enough. Yeah. I think we've, I think we've, uh, abused these good people's time long enough. Well, most of them, most of them died off. We're down, we're down to three hardcore people now. So (laughs) does appear the spam bots have given up. (laughs) (laughs) I think think we bumped up to nine there for a brief second and then, uh, and then it died uh, immediately after. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I do have a fantastic idea for a product. If anybody wants to take the time, I've got the perfect idea for a product. I have I have spent uh, a good portion of the week uh, tracking down current versions of of things, and I would I would pay a service to be able to get an RSS feed where I can query it and say, okay, give me the current version of PHP. Give me the current version of Laravel. Give me the current version of this package and get a feedback of, of what current versions are. It, it can't be that hard to do. Just somebody has to, somebody has to be willing to do it. Either You're sure that, that's not we, already a thing? I would some point me to it. I would, I would, I would jump on it. Even, even if we came up with a standard that says, Hey, if you release a package, you have to create an endpoint that all it does is display the current the current uh, release. You know, like PHP, I should I shouldn't have to go through like re- release notes or something. There should just be some magical endpoint that I can hit that says, okay, the current release is seven point. Uh, where are we up to? Four now? Three? Four? You're, you're Three. muted. Three. Yeah, you're muted. So I would uh, I would you're muted. What? <laughs> I would love that. I, I would, and, and, and of course, you know, of course, I was doing it for versions of OS, of Rails, of Ruby, of Curl. I, I, had, I had to. We we had this requirement where we're just kind of breaking down all the components that the application uses. So I mean, like Composer makes it simple, right? You, right. There's actually a command in Composer that says. You're on this version. Here's the current version. NPM is the same way. NPM has the same thing. Um, so I mean, the, but the which version of NPM are you there. on? See, that's where the, that's where it gets confusing. Is because there's currently two supported versions of PHP, and there's like eight supported versions of it. Oh, I, like I, don't active. I, just, I just I just know I, I I forget I forget the actual switch you throw in there, but it's like NPM uh, out of date. I think is what it was. And then it just shows you a list of all the NPM or all the JavaScript packages you're using, the NPM packages you're using that are out of date. But but again, you know, this went beyond that. It, you know, with, with you know things that were on the system, which which if you log into the system, you kind of have the same functionality. There has to be an easier way, though. <laughs> it's got to be. I would love I'd love to be able to tie into a feed. See, that's the thing is I want to automate this. I don't want to do this every time the client requests it because it's, it's a very manual process right now. I'd love to be able to have a spreadsheet that has uh, a tie-in to you know all these current release endpoints, and he just pulls up the spreadsheet and sees where everything's at. 
That's my that's my dream. I need somebody to build that for me. Let's get on that. You're you're off for the next week, Thomas. See, yeah, my my dream is people building things I ask for for me. That's... I'm starting at an I'm starting at a much easier dream than you. I think that's exactly what I'm doing here. I'm asking people to build something for me because I'm too lazy <laughs> to do it. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. We're done. done. All right. Episode Thank you to our Patreons. We're done. Episode 181. What's up with that? Yes. Thank you. No. 182. Damn it. It is 182. Well, according to the according to the live stream, it's still 181 because I forgot the up, I forgot to update it uh, before we went live. So, so I'll, I'm just keeping everybody confused. That's how I'm rolling. I mean, that's that is a major theme of our show. I mean, yeah, talking circles, not be clear about anything. Yeah, we'll try to do it. We we'll do our best. All right, episode 182, PHP Ugly. We're done. I'm Eric. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly. Ugly.